and welcome back to episode 31 in the podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Kristen Williams on the podcast today. She is a Christian registered dietitian and also a certified eating disorder specialist. And she has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to looking at your health and your fitness from a perspective of the gospel and what is life-giving. And so I cannot wait. Today we get to know her. We talk about what healthy means to her now, what brought her to become a Christian dietitian, how her and her husband speak about food and body image with their kids, what it means to have information about health and fitness drop from your head to your heart and asking the question, what is the posture of your heart toward health and fitness and so much more. You are not going to want to miss this episode and get to know Kristen and then head to the links in the bio and follow her and go support her and what the Lord is calling her to do for women with body image and in the registered dietitian world. You are listening to the Move Your Body Differently podcast, where we talk about how your theology of God affects your wellness journey. I'm Shayla Darty, a Jesus follower, wife, mama, and owner of SD Fitwell. I know staying healthy and fit can often feel like an obligation and can leave you feeling defeated, anxious, and maybe in an endless cycle of losing and gaining weight and wondering why in the world you just can't get it right. And that's why I'm on a mission to see generations of women take back their health and fitness from the enemy and instead honor God with their bodies by exercising and eating healthy because we get to, not because we have to. For too long as women, we've been held captive by a never reaching standard of body beauty and it is time to break free. By seeing your wellness through the lens of the gospel, you can be empowered with boldness, more confident in the gifts God has given you and increase your mental and physical capacity so you can be more present to those around you. If you're ready to feel free from the weight of your current health and fitness regimen, then keep listening. I can't wait to share with you how the gospel shapes our fitness and health journeys. Listen while you work out, drive in the car, or while your kids run around crazy, but go ahead and invite Jesus into your wellness journey and let's see how he changes our hearts together. Hey friends, before we get into the episode, just a quick little plug for my SD Fitwell app. If you are ready to try some workouts and see what it's like, head to the link in the show notes below and go ahead and get yourself a free seven day trial. You are not going to regret it. I promise you are going to love just knowing that there is a group of women who want to find freedom and joy in their health and their fitness journey. And this is the place for you. So if you are not already a part of the app, go and get yourself a free seven day trial with the link in the show notes notes below and help yourself just find joy in moving your body as a get to not a have to. Hey, Fit Family, and welcome back to the Move Your Body Differently podcast. I am so excited to have my new friend, Kristen Williams, on the podcast today. She is a registered dietitian and eating certified eating disordered specialist. And I actually found her, I, I really don't know the circumstances. I can't really remember. I think through her book, she has a book called Unworthy Weight. And I saw the book. I think I started following you on Instagram and then connected with you because I saw I was seeing all your posts and you had a conference you were doing and all of these things. And I loved it. And I was like, I need to have her on her on my podcast. 
And she has a private practice in Dallas, Texas. So we also, you know, I lived there for a couple years. And so that's was a fun little common denominator. And it is called Wonderfully Made Nutrition Counseling. In her practice, Kristen helps individuals to make peace with food and break free from body image bondage, which spoiler alert, we are going to talk about in the next episode. And I cannot wait. Kristen uses a biblically-based approach for clients who are interested and dives into what scripture has to say on the topics of food and our bodies. Kristen is, again, the author of Unworthy Weight. We will have that link in the show notes below. And the founder of In His Image, which is the conference that I was talking about, which is an annual body image conference, which I had never actually heard of a body image conference until just now or not just now, but when I met you, Kristen, and it is a conference for teen girls and women, which is so amazing because my husband works with teenagers. And so I know it is so very much needed in that age range. And so welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Shayla. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Yes. So this is totally off script, but what is your favorite? Where's your favorite place to eat in Dallas, Texas? I'm glad you asked Dallas because we live an hour south of Dallas okay. and there are no good food places here <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. Oh, this is going to be sad to answer. Matt's Ranchero. It is Tex-Mex. Okay. And the reason it's sad is because they've just closed down. <gasps> oh, yeah. My they have good chips and salsa. Oh my gosh. Yes. And they had something called the Bob Armstrong. It's queso mixed mm. with guacamole, sour cream and ground beef. But my husband and I, we, so we had a horrible first date and our second first date, I don't even know how the second first date happened because the first one was so awful. Lord. Um, The Lord. Our second date was at Matt's and we just have so many memories there. Oh, that's so fun. That's so sad that they closed though. I know. We're super bummed. Mm -hmm. That is, I will say that is the one thing I was just telling. I can't remember who was the other day. I was just telling someone the other day. That is the only thing I miss about Texas is the food. Really? Tex-Mex. Yes, I did. I mean, it was great for a season. I was in Fort Worth. Yeah. And so yeah. it was good for a season. And there was this great ice cream place in Fort Worth called Melt. And it was phenomenal. They did they every Christmas they would pair with a bakery. I can't remember the name of the bakery, but they would get their snickerdoodle cookies and they would make this ice cream called Cookies for Santa. And I still remember it and my mouth is watering thinking about it because they would pull chunks of the cookies and put it in the ice cream. And it was like a cinnamon vanilla ice cream with their snickerdoodle cookies in it. I had it dry iced one year for me. (laughs) This is in Fort Worth? Yes. Yes. Fort Worth. I think they have several locations now. They may, they may be branching out of Fort Worth into Dallas areas, but it's like melt. It's like yellow is like their brand color. It's super bright and fun. My husband and I actually have pictures in front of it before uh, he left seminary. And when we first started dating, that was one of our, where we went for one of our dates, yeah. but it was not horrible. It was delicious. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I've never heard of it. Oh, you should. It's so good. Well, and now I actually just saw, and I still follow them on Instagram. They are in Central Market. You can buy their tubs in Central Market now. I don't know if in all really? Central Markets, yeah. but I, I do also miss Central Market. That was, yeah. was one of my favorites, but they were saying that in some of the Central Markets, you can buy their ice cream now. So they're like branching out now. Good to know. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first moved here south of Dallas, we didn't even have a Chick-fil-A. So it was like a really big deal when Chick-fil-A came to town. But that's uh-huh. why I love officing in Dallas because 
all the good foods, schedule yes. lunch with someone, schedule dinner with someone. Yes. Oh, we'll just meet in Dallas. It's fine. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are going to get started into these questions. I cannot wait for you ladies to just get to know Kristen and her heart. And then in the second, she's going to be on a second podcast episode talking specifically about body image. And I can't wait for y'all to hear about that too. But to start out with what first made you start taking your health seriously? That is a great question. And I would say, Shayla, it's probably twofold because part of my story, which I won't get too into this first half, but is that I struggled with an eating disorder um, Mm -hmm. early on in middle school. And so there was a time probably even like up to my early 20s where I would have defined health differently and would have probably Mm -hmm. answered your question very differently thinking of health in terms of like weight and the number on the scale and how clean my eating was. And I would say, yeah, I've taken my health very seriously, but I would say now from my early twenties till now I'm in my mid, I'm going to still call it early thirties. Yeah. Just a broader definition of what the word health even means. And Mm -hmm you know, looking at mental health, not just what am I doing with my body, but what's the underlying motivation behind um, what I'm eating and how I'm nourishing my body, how I'm moving my body, like you talk about in your podcast. So I would say just kind of my definition of health has evolved. And so with that, the seriousness has evolved as well, especially Mm -hmm. because Now I see it all with this encompassing spiritual component. Yes. And I feel like as we age, that sounds like so, you know, sounds like such a big word, you know, like we're in our fifties or our sixties, but I think just as we grow in knowledge and wisdom of the Lord through the Bible too, we see that health and wellness isn't just, that's why I use wellness a lot when I talk about Mm -hmm. fitness, because health is so much more than just weight or fitness. Like it's your spiritual health. It's your mental health. It's your, you know, physical health as well. It's your social, emotional health, your environment, you know, environmental health, what, you know, the things going on around you, there's just so much. And so I I appreciate what you said that you probably would have defined it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what most people on the podcast have said is just, Mm -hmm. and that's why, you know, you are where you are today because Mm -hmm. you've been through a season where you've seen health at different angles and now you see it from a biblical perspective. And that's what we want for everyone, for all Christ followers out there is seeing that through the lens of the gospel and that it's just so much more than weight or what our body looks like, you know, Well, and going off of what your body looks like. I think for so long, I thought health was about physical appearance. And so many of the clients that I work with associate health with the word skinny. And so mm, I would probably yeah. say I'm in one of the healthiest places today that I've ever been, but my body looks very different than it used to look. And so, you know, I think that it is important to kind of broaden that definition of what does health actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, you have a family and you can talk a little bit about your family too. You have a spouse and a couple kids, but how do you create a culture of health for yourself and your family at home? Because so often I feel like it's easy for in the health and fitness field to do it for everybody else and then not for ourselves, you know, but how do you do that for yourself and your family? That's a good question too. I think that with the field that I'm working in, predominantly with eating disorders and individuals with disordered eating, 
I've, I've worked really hard to train my husband in the Mm -hmm. way that, and he's done a great job in the way that we talk about food and our bodies and really tying it back to what our bodies do instead of how our bodies look. And so, Mm. you know, we're very intentional about providing a wide variety of foods for our children. And we, we talk about food in a way that, you know, it's a blessing. Look how God has provided us. Look what we can do with the Mm. energy that comes from food. And we've made it a point. Uh, I have three kids. So Mm -hmm. Kipton is five, Kennedy is three and Callum is one. And we, you know, decided at a very young age that we were not going to talk about food as being good or bad. Yeah. We use the Ellen Satter model. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but like the color or kids eating color. That, so no, I follow her on Instagram. Okay. She does something called the division of responsibility and feeding where basically oh. the parents, you should look her up. The parents yeah, decide learning. what the family's eating, when and where. And then the kid essentially is just deciding whether or not they're going to eat and how mm. much. And so we kind of set, set the structure of meals and then help them to really figure out what is their body telling them in regards to hunger and fullness. And even with exercise, we just really try to promote physical activity, but not make it about their physical appearance. Like, look Mm -hmm. what I can do. This is why I exercise so that I can pick you up or, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I can carry your backpacks when you're throwing a fit and like to carry your backpacks out to the car after school. And you. (laughs) And you. And so just, and all the projects. So just Mm -hmm. really trying to make it about what their bodies can do, which is funny that funny and not funny that we've done that because yesterday I asked my son, I said, Hey, father's day's coming up. What should we get dad? And he said, we've just recently created a garage gym mm-hmm. or I should say he has not me. And uh, he said, we should get him a mirror so that he can see his big muscles <laughs> in, the, in the garage. And so I don't know where he gets it from because we're absolutely not trying to associate Mm -hmm. exercise with physical appearance, but that's what we're doing in our home. I think that just comes naturally though. That's true. That's true. I think that just, oh, I want to watch my big muscles, right? Right, right. And the Hulk contributes to that. Definitely. Spidey and his amazing (laughs) friends, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Share a little on the, you've already shared a little bit about this, but share a little on the face side of things. Why do you believe it's necessary to build health and fitness into your everyday life from a biblical perspective? Yeah, I really, Shayla, think it's close to impossible to not, as a believer, to not have, to kind of section off your life or have compartments, Mm. right? This is my food compartment. This is my exercise compartment. And this is my Sunday morning Jesus compartment. I think, you know, if you are a believer in Christ, that belief, like, and, and the theology, I love how you talk about your podcast, the theology of, of God just affects how you move your body. I know that's not how you worded it, but <laughs> similar. Um, anyways, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just overflows into everything. And so mm-hmm. I think that so many of us are trying to punish our bodies by exercise and eating a certain way in order to somehow gain the label of good. Mm. Instead of realizing, no, we've got that backwards. Our worth and identity is in Christ. And there's really nothing that we can do to change that. It's been set. Mm. And now as an overflow of that, it's going to affect how I treat my body and the way that I move it, rest it, 
feed it all of the things because Mm -hmm. of that kind of core belief. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel like, do you feel like it's easy for people to see that? Or do you feel like, I mean, obviously you do this in your practice, you you teach people how to see that, but do you feel like sometimes, I don't know, there's like two sides I'm thinking of right now is like sometimes the self-sabotage side of things where like they know what to do, but there's some kind of safety in not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the side of it where it's like, they know what to do, but they just don't do it. That's just the apathy side of it. You know, like, do you see that in your practice when it comes to even just from a a biblical perspective, like they know they read, Mm -hmm. if they read the Bible and they know, but there's those two sides of the spectrum, you know? Yeah. And I heard someone once explain it, not talking in terms of health, but they were saying, it's kind of like you have to have the information drop from your head to your heart. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is there's information in our head. We know these things and it's a matter of getting it to drop to our heart to where it does change our behavior. And I think also with clients' behaviors, whether it's food and eating or exercise or lack thereof, that it's really, I think there's a difference between shame and conviction. And so helping people to understand like, what is the difference between this is shame, which I don't believe is from God versus maybe I'm feeling convicted in this area that I could better honor God with the way that I'm treating my body. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And do you feel like is part of in your practice, do you feel like you help move that knowledge from their head to their heart? I mean, absolutely try to. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of it is God's work as well. And mm. for, a, for so many people, you know, I describe myself included at times that our eating behaviors and our exercise behaviors, they're, ju- they're just that they're behaviors. Right. And mm. so a lot of times I think we're focusing too much on behavior management eat this, do this for your workout. And it's like, let's actually get to the root. Let's see what's under all of this. What's the underlying motivation? Because I really think that it's all about the posture of your heart, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's exercise and two girls are running the same distance, the same pace, the same path, all the things. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, gosh, they're doing the same thing, but they're two totally different postures and motivations. You know, one is thinking, Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful day. I'm getting stronger. There's more, you know, there's more endurance. This is good for my brain. This is a helpful way to kind of cope with the stresses of today versus the Mm. other girl is really addicted to her app. That's telling her how far she's gone, how many steps she's taken, how many calories she's burned. And she'd feel a great sense of guilt if she didn't go. And so just helping individuals to see that it's so much more than the actual mm. behavior itself. It's really what's the underlying motivation behind all yeah. this. Yeah. What the, what the heart is behind it all. And we talk about that. I talk about that a lot yeah. with my clients is, you know, I had a, a client ask me several months ago, like, is it even okay to like want to lose weight? Mm. And we we're, you know, discussing that. And it was like, well, what's the motive? Like, what's the heart behind it? Is it because you yeah. feel like you're not enough? Right. Or is it because you know you feel healthier at this other weight? You know, like, yeah. 
where what there's a difference in, like you were saying, even mindset of what's going to help motivate you. Either it's shame, like you were saying, there's shame or there's conviction, you know, and both ends of there's both sides of it there. And it just, I think if, if women could take one thing away from anything that I do would be like, it's all in your mind. Yeah. Like it all starts in your heart and your mind. It's an inward change that has to happen. And then outwardly you'll reflect that your body will begin to reflect the inward change, but it's, it always has to start from the inside. And we, so like you were saying behaviors, we try to attack the behaviors or try to attack, you know, like anything outwardly we can do to change the, our goals or change our outcome or whatever. But in, in the end, we don't have control over the outcome. We only have control over the change that happens on the, you know, on the inside actions that we do. Well, the Lord has the control over what changes on the inside, but we have to put in, put in work too for that. But I mean, kind of like a question that I think, I can't remember if you said it was your client or someone else asked. That's such a good question. Is it even, okay to want to lose weight. And I think, I think that's a great question. I think it's a hard question to answer. I've wrestled with that question myself, you Mm -hmm. know, and then, but being able to ask yourself, like you said, what is your heart posture? And also if I do the things, if I start moving my body more or, you know, feeding myself more nutritious foods and my physical appearance does not change or the number Mm -hmm. on scale does not change, is it still worth it? Yeah. That I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. figuring out what, what is my answer to that question? Yeah. And I think that's the hard part. I, I actually asked that of a client recently uh-huh. was like, if we do all the things and nothing changes, like, are you okay with that? Are you going to be okay with that? And if you're not going to be okay with that, why not? Yeah. You yeah. know, and those are really hard questions to ask. I mean, continue to ask that my, of myself as well, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and checking my heart, always checking my heart, especially in this industry, being in this, oh, especially yeah. on the fitness side of it, you know, you're supposed to have, you know, so, an ideal physique and yeah. making sure that I'm always checking my heart and why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's hard work and it's continuously hard work. It's not just yeah. one and done. I mean, you can find freedom initially, but it's the consistency of sure. staying in the freedom. You still have to put that work in. Well, and with you being in the fitness industry and me being a dietitian, there's that pressure of, you know, looking the part, so to speak. And, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you you don't look like a dietitian because there's those stereotypes or you don't look like a personal trainer or a spin class director or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And just being able to get to the heart of that too. I think so many individuals are searching for what is my identity? Where does my identity come from? Who Mm -hmm. am I? What is my purpose? Am I valuable? Where is my worth? And so many of us, we're looking in all the wrong places for those Mm -hmm. answers. And even Mm -hmm. like as believers, we're looking in the wrong places for those answers. So just kind of re- prioritizing some of those things and taking Mm -hmm. things like exercise and healthy eating things that are good things, but putting them in their rightful place so that they don't become idols. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And wrestling through those things and being willing to wrestle through those things too. And so we've already talked about this a little bit, but how do you continue to help women uh, in your practice through health and mostly through health that, you know, dietitian, nutrition, all of that, you can go ahead and just talk about you are a dietitian, Mm -hmm. but you are a non-diet dietitian. So explain what that means and what do you do with your clients? So 
I think it is important to clarify the difference between a kind of traditional dietitian, if you will, and a non-diet dietitian. Uh, a lot of people have had negative experiences interacting with dietitians. You know, maybe they've, and this is not to speak negatively towards the dietetics field at mm-hmm. all, but, you know, some people have gone in and they were shown what five pounds of fat looks like in one of those like blob model things, you know, and it felt very shaming for them, Mm -hmm. you know, and there were a lot of rules and rigidity and eat this, don't eat that. This is good. This is bad. And so there's a lot of shame Mm -hmm. involved and self-punishing behaviors all Mm -hmm. in the name of health. And so one of the first questions that I ask people when they come in is, have you ever met with a dietitian before? Mm -hmm. Because if they have, it's usually going to affect what they, you know, some preconceived thoughts they might have about me. And so asking, do you have any questions about what it is that I do or what a non-diet dietitian even means? And so basically what that means is instead of focusing on good foods, bad foods, this kind of right way of eating, wrong way of eating, rigidity with rules, my goal is Mm -hmm. to really help people become intuitive eaters where they are able to listen to their Mm. body and kind of recalibrate, if you will, their hunger Mm. and fullness cues and learn kind of the satisfaction factor of eating Mm. and realize how diets have not served them well in the past. Typically diets lead to overeating, weight gain, and a further disconnection from their body. And so helping them to see kind of this new way of approaching things, which is really focusing first on making peace with food. Once Mm -hmm. that part kind of happens and I can explain it if you want, but once that kind of happens and that's the foundation, Mm -hmm. then we can start talking about kind of that nutrition part of things. Yeah. 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 Go ahead and explain what you mean when you say make peace with food. Yeah. So I feel like there's a special like language too that I always have to clarify because mm-hmm. you start ta- thinking you're talking Spanish, you know, and other <laughs> people are like, what are you talking about my relationship with food? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all from the book, Intuitive Eating. If you're familiar with it, there's 10 principles of intuitive eating. And one of those principles is to make peace with food. And what that means is it's this idea that all foods are not nutritionally equal, but we want them to be emotionally equal. Mm. Meaning I can look at, anybody can look at, you know, a salad as compared to a cheeseburger. And we know those aren't nutritionally equal food choices. Uh, You don't have to have a nutrition degree to know that. But the goal is that I would be able to eat that salad without this sense of like, I was good today or Mm. this self-righteousness, this moral good standing. And I can also eat that cheeseburger without this sense of guilt and shame. So kind of this emotionally neutral thing because what people often don't realize is it's the dieting that triggers overeating. And then it's the guilt and shame that leads them back into dieting. So they're stuck in this cycle and they have no idea how to get out. Mm -hmm, That yo-yo cycle. Yeah. So So I really try to help clients make food this kind of emotionally equal playing ground. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's so interesting. You know, I'm not, I'm not a dietitian. I do a little little bit of nutrition, but just even sometimes what 
people will say to me or just about themselves, not, not to me, mm-hmm. you know, not about myself, but just about being good or, oh, I can't have that until, you know, my diet is over or yeah. like, I, you know, I can't even have it in the room. I'll eat it. Or, you know, I had someone reach out to me about having a session the other day and she was talking about her nutrition and her macros. And at the end, it was like the very last line was like, but I had a cookie today. And it was like, you know, that's not a bad thing. I have, you know, I have cookies every other day, you know, but even know, like seeing it when I feel like when you, you feel free with food, like you were saying, you have that peace, there isn't the emotional attachment to it of good or bad. It, you, you start spotting that in others too, when they're saying that, you know, and it's not necessarily always my place to say something to them about that unless they book a session with me and then I'm more than happy to. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, I just wish all women could feel that way, you know, could make that peace with food and see that it isn't good or bad and that it's just what makes your body feels feel good and listening right, like you were talking right. about those principles of listening to your body and um, being satisfied in your food and mm-hmm. enjoying it and learning to enjoy it instead of assigning, you know, good, bad, or value to it. It's hard though, when you've been in it, like, you know, I was in that for years before I started learning intuitive eating and the principles of it. And I know I didn't learn that those principles, but I was taught in a different manner of how to listen to my body. And I, I, the amount of time mentally that happened thinking about food and food choices and what I was doing. I feel like it was so wasted. Yeah. Like years of just wasted mental time, just thinking about food. So much like brain space that it takes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And kind of like you were mentioning earlier, it's almost like we're walking through life with these blinders on, you know, thinking of like, like almost how a horse, like the horse drawn carriage, horses mm-hmm. that have the blinders on so that they see just directly in front of them and they're not distracted. It's like, we're so enmeshed in this diet culture mm-hmm. that we think, oh, everyone talks this way about food or thinks this way about their body. And then you learn kind of this new way of eating or this new way of taking care of your body. And it's like the blinders come off and you're so much more aware of oh my goodness, do all women talk terribly about their bodies or, you know, their eating or whatever it may be. And I think for so many people, there's such a safety that Mm. comes in being on a diet. There's this sense of control. If I follow rules, I'll be safe. And so I think that so many people, what they don't realize is it may feel that way in the moment, but it's Mm. really a setup to eat more and when you make peace with food, it's not saying this is necessarily the goal all the time, but a lot of people end up eating less mm. because it doesn't become this last supper mentality. I've got to eat all the, what did you say? Melt ice cream. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I've got to eat it all now because starting tomorrow, I'm like never going back there again. It's like, mm. no, mm-hmm. I can eat an appropriate amount. Yeah. And know that like later down the road, I can have it again. And I end up eating less because of that. And I Mm -hmm. actually end up thinking about food less. Yeah. You know? Yes. Which is just such a, it's so freeing. That's the only word I can think of Mm -hmm. to to use is just 
the freedom in that. And so with that too, what is your favorite? This will be the, our last question on this episode, yeah. but what is your favorite part about helping others? So I was actually sharing this with a client. I got my days mixed up two days ago. She just became really tearful during the session, just a lot going on and started apologizing for, mm. for her emotions. And I had an intern present. I think she felt more of the need to apologize And I just shared with her what I'll share with you. I said, it is the utmost privilege. And I'm sure you feel this way too, Shayla. When people that start out as strangers, Mm -hmm. first of all, trust you for your services and then invite you in Mm -hmm. to walk alongside them in some of the most vulnerable times of their life. Yeah. For a lot of them is very dark. Yes. You know, I didn't realize when I pursued dietetics that I was actually pursuing the mental health field. And so there's just so much in it. And I just think that it is an absolute honor and privilege Mm -hmm. that someone would ask me to be a part of something that is so personal for them and trust me with that information and trust me in my opinion (laughs) and Mm. advice and recommendations. And so I just love it. Yes. Yes. It's, I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I I have had clients cry through workouts before and Uh not because the workouts were so hard. It's just the emotions, like fitness, health, either of those, we don't realize how intertwined that is with our brain chemistry, first of all, Mm. and also our emotional health and whatever trauma our bodies have experienced, or, you know, just personally we've experienced and how you know, exercising or choosing foods that feel good for your body, whatever it is, it becomes emotional because you're having to let go of this whole other side of you that you did find your identity in Yes, and really re like refine that identity and let go of those emotions, that emotional attachment to either the exercise or the food and work through it. And that's the hard part. You know, the hard hard part is working through that initially. And I mean, there's lots of hard parts, but like that is the hardest part is working through that initially and seeing, but being able to see that and let them know, like you said, it's so beautiful to be like, no, this, like, it's a joy to be a part of this Yes, and it's a joy to walk this journey with you because it's a form of discipleship for us, you know, like being able to do life with them. And one of the pastors at our church says, multiply joy and divide pain. And that's what I feel like even just in, in our fitness, in my fitness with my clients, it's like, I'm help multiply your joys, but then also help divide pain, you know? And in the emotions and all of those things. And so I welcome it. I bring it on, you know, and, but it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. You're just forever intertwined with them. Yeah. Yeah. And helping them for the ones, I don't know, you know, your exact client population, but for my clients, I see clients that are non-believers and I'm happy to meet with them and provide them nutrition services without incorporating faith, but for there's a different level of reward. I feel in the ones that do want to incorporate their faith mm-hmm. and just being able to see like them reclaiming their identity, mm-hmm. where their mm-hmm. identity goes, you know, and, and, and realizing like, gosh, 
but just because we're believers doesn't mean we're immune to these yeah. issues, to body image issues. Just because I'm a dietitian doesn't mean I'm immune to body image issues or food concerns, you know, mm-hmm. say for you and the work that you do. But the question becomes as believers, as followers of Christ, how do we wrestle differently mm-hmm. than the rest of the world? You know, how do we wrestle well? How do yeah. we wrestle in a way that doesn't blend in? with mm-hmm. what the rest of the world is doing. I'm like, yeah, Kristen may have some body image issues, but wow, there's an interesting way that she's going about this. This yeah. seems really different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the hope of Jesus. Yes, yes. And I love how you say that, wrestle well. Like yeah. how can you wrestle well and wrestle differently than the rest yeah. of the population? That is, that is awesome. So with that, we are going to close out this episode. I am so excited. There were so many truth nuggets, scripture truth drop throughout this episode. You're probably going to want to go back and re-listen to it because there were so many good little truths and in, in throughout the episode, but Kristen, go ahead and let people know where they can find you. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, your book, Unworthy Weight, I will put the link in the show notes and then mention just where they can find you on social media, but then also just share a little bit about your In His Image conference that happens in Dallas every year. Okay. Thanks, Shayla. Uh, so you can find me. My website is www.wonderfullymadenutritioncounseling.com. I'm on Instagram at wonderfullymadenutrition. And I think there's a few of us on there with similar handles. So it's just all one world, one word at wonderfully made nutrition. Where else? Where else? Did, what did you ask? Facebook, wonderfully made nutrition. If, if anyone's still on Facebook these days. Yeah. And as far as my book Unworthy Weight, you can find it on my website at wonderfully made nutrition counseling.com under shop or on Amazon. And in his image, I'm so excited to share with your listeners. Uh, so th- as Shayla mentioned, it's a faith-based body image conference for teen girls and women. This is our fifth year of doing it. We're so excited that it's going to be in Dallas this year. It's been in, I guess it's not my hometown, but where I live now, It's it's been in Corsicana, Texas mm. the past handful of years. So we are going to be in Dallas proper this year. And it's going to be just a full day of hearing from um, other professionals in the field, hearing personal testimonies. We're going to do a teenage breakout session. We're going to hear from some men in regards to women's body image from the perspective of husbands and fathers and what they can do to kind of better support the women in their lives. Mm. And so, yeah, just really excited to to have everybody come. It's usually recorded for people who maybe can't come live mm-hmm. or okay. can't attend in, his, in person, can't make the trip to Dallas. And then uh, for anyone who's interested, you can also go to my website and past recordings are available to register for and get access okay. to. Awesome. So when, if they, if they can't go, um, do they still need to register beforehand or wait until the conference is over to register and get the recording? You could do either. So in the past, people have signed up. So I don't know if I said this, but it's going to be October 14th in Dallas. And in the past, people have signed up and ahead of time, no matter what, if they were coming in person or wanting virtual access. But the years that that it has been recorded, the virtual access always remains up. So people can always purchase access to that after the fact. Okay. And I feel like our next episode will be just kind of a little sneak peek into that. So yeah, stay hopefully tuned. so. 
Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for being on the podcast today. And I cannot wait for the next one. Thanks, Shayla. And see y'all later, FitFam. Hey, FitFam. It's a blessing to be in this journey with you. The best thing you can do after listening to this podcast is to leave a written review so that other mamas can see the value in their health and fitness journey through the lens of the gospel. Be sure to tap subscribe so you get notified when a new episode airs. I am the most personal, personal trainer out there. My clients, app subscribers, and podcast listeners really do become my good friends. So if we haven't already, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at SDFitWell. Shoot me a DM and let's start a conversation. I truly want to see the Lord work in your wellness journey and be in it with you. I'm so grateful you've listened. Let's get comfortable being uncomfortable, and I can't wait to chat with you in the next episode.